Welcome back to another episode of the Creating Magic Podcast. This week's going to sound a little bit different, as Danny's off preparing for a big move from Oklahoma to Orlando. Well, the village is like an hour north of Orlando, not exactly Orlando. It's still close enough to get free housing for Universal, if that's what you're looking for. AKA, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So instead, I was joined at the controls by our good friend Aiden. You may remember Aiden from the episode we did with him a couple months ago. If you don't remember our conversation with Aiden, now's a good time to hit subscribe on Creating Magic Podcast. Go back to episode one and listen to the run all the way through. Hey, go crazy with it. Leave a review. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. Have some fun. Aiden and I spoke today with two really cool Potterheads who I'm excited to call friends. We spoke with Griselda, who's at Alonzi. Thought that was going to be a French thing. Turns out it's a Doctor Who thing. You know, something to do with Tardises and Peter Capaldi and Matt Smith, who I know is Hot Prince Philip from The Crown. And I think Yara Greyjoy from Game of Thrones. I, I don't know. Um, and we also spoke with Zach, who among many handles can be found at Gaze of Universal with some underscores thrown in. Besides having a really good conversation about what Harry Potter means to them, how Harry Potter came into their lives and all of that, we also spoke largely about LGBTQA plus issues, given that it is Pride Month. And all three, you know, Aiden, Zach, and Griselda are members of the LGBTQA plus community. We also spent some time speaking a little bit more about J.K. Rowling and the impact of her, of her words and, and their reactions and thoughts about it. So, now's an appropriate time to give some content warnings. I believe the word penis is used. I'm pretty sure I said fuck, so um, explicit content lies ahead. Additionally, given you know the nature of what we talked about, we do talk about some fairly sensitive LGBTQA plus you know, topics coming out transphobia. Um, you know, we talked a lot, not a lot, we talked some about the the protests and, and the killings and, and, and a lot of the stuff that frankly you're seeing in the news these days. So um, if you're not in the right headspace to hear that right now, um, or if that's not something you ever want to hear, um, maybe skip this episode. Otherwise, I'm really excited about what we put forth for y'all. So without further ado, please enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Creating Magic Podcast. I want to give one quick production note before we get going here. As y'all know, if you listen to the past couple episodes, Danny is in the process of relocating from Oklahoma to the Orlando area. And she currently is going through some form of a packing moving emergency. I don't really know what that is, but I know it must be serious because I know she loves this podcast more than most things she does. Uh, so you are kind of stuck with me. I say kind of, of course, because I have three lovely friends on the line with me. So first, let's say hello to Zach. Say hello. Hello, hello. So thrilled Zach is here. Y'all can't see the background. Well, he moved now, but he had like a Wicked clock, like not like a clock that looks cool, although it does, but a clock that looks like it's the clock from Wicked. 
was all about that. Um, we also have Griselda on the pod, who surprised me with a haircut that I did not recognize from our social media. So, Griselda, hello. Hello. I just cut it, so don't worry. It, it looks great. I am loving. Thank I'm you. loving all the little curls. Um, I am so envious of anybody who has a good haircut because I've had the same haircut, which is balding, for the past like eight years. Um, and then we are also joined by a returning guest to the podcast. Uh, y'all say hello to Aiden. Hello, everyone. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I don't know. Aiden's, Aiden's, got a, Aiden's got a bit of a deeper voice today, y'all. Not because he is so young that he's still going through puberty, but oh. because he just graduated from high school the other day, and so he's been celebrating. I've been celebrating, yes. I, that is a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so to begin, um, and we can go in the same order that I introduced y'all, let's talk through um, your house, your Patronus, and your favorite character, please. All right, so I guess we'll start with me. Perfect. Uh, so I uh, naturally, um, when one wants to come out and say, uh, I'm Slytherin, I'm proud Slytherin. Originally, like any kid growing up, uh, majority of us all tried to say that we were Gryffindor because the story focuses on a Gryffindor. Uh, it's from the perspective of a Gryffindor and So I bought all the merchandise of a Gryffindor and maybe like six years ago, I did the Pottermore quiz and, and I found out I was a Slytherin. I flipped a couple tables. I was angry. And of course, like any um, elderly millennial, as I like to call myself, um, I went to the social media and everyone responded, the way you're reacting right now is how Slytherin would react. And I was like, freak you, whatever. So I'm a proud Slytherin. Um, okay, so what are the other questions too? Your Patronus and your favorite character. My Patronus. Um, of course, we all like, I'm, I have a stag. But I did the Pottermore quiz for Patronus and I got a Pomeranian dog. <laughs> I was slightly offended. I was like, is it because I'm gay? That why it's a sassy <laughs> And I have a sassy, what is it going to do? Bark at a Dementor? Scare it away? I was like, I'm, I'm offended by this. I'm going to go with Phoenix. I'm making up my own Patronus. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm rising from the ashes of a Pomeranian. And then uh, favorite character. It, that is like trying to pick your favorite child, even though most parents do have one. They don't always say it out loud. Um, I have always really enjoyed the struggles of Dobby in the books. Um, He is one of my favorites. He is the only character that I ever cried about during his death. I'm sorry to spoil it if you have not read it and you just happen to start listening to his podcast. (laughs) But uh, his death is the only one that I actually got teary-eyed. I was like... Hedwig's was too fast, Sirius Black. I was like, great, Harry has to go back to the Dursleys. Like, nothing else but Dobby. I think he reminds me of a lot of characters from other fictional stories where he's trying to find his humanity, uh, like Data from Star Trek um, and other characters similar that seeing his growth and his 
acceptance of being an individual house elf than being part of a collective. So that is, he's one of my favorites followed by, uh, you know, a few other characters, but I don't want to go into that. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, and one of the things I do want to talk about a little bit later on, so just sit on it for a little while uh, is kind of, how Dobby was portrayed in the movies or how he wasn't portrayed in the movies versus the books. And more generally speaking, some of our favorite and least favorite book to movie changes, additions and edits. So just let that uh, marinate for a little bit. Oh, I, I got a whole discussion about that. So yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Love it. Uh, thank you, Zach. Uh, Griselda, how about you? Um, so I'm a very proud Slytherin. Wow. Yes. Wow. Let anyone try to take that from me, um, which, you know, I definitely like feel that, that I, so when I started reading the books, I knew deep in my soul that I was a Slytherin. <laughs> and then it sure enough confirmed, like, you know, when I was taking like the Pottermore exams and literally any quiz that ever pops up, like on Facebook or like random ones, I always end up being a Slytherin and a lot of people get very like, oh, that means you're mean or, oh, that means you're, and I'm like, no, that means I'm ambitious. I'm going to get what I need in my life. That's what that means. And I will never <laughs> back down from that. So very proud Slytherin all the way. Although I have amazing friends everywhere else, but still, Slytherin's the best. Anyways, <laughs> um, as for my Patronus, um, I did not get a, a, a little Pomeranian, but I was so upset with my Patronus that I got from freaking Pottermore. It was a freaking dolphin. And I was like, what is this? I don't even go to the water. I don't even... <laughs> What do you? <laughs> I clearly said I prefer like small lake versus ocean, and I got dolphin. Um, so in my head, <laughs> I did. I did not want the dolphin. <laughs> I did not want the dolphin, but um, I, you know, I accept it. I embrace it. Um, anytime someone asks me what my patronus is, I always say it's dolphin because if the quiz had decided that that is what I am, then <sighs> I guess. I will accept it with sadness, but I will accept it nonetheless. Um, when it comes to my favorite character, I have two and they're complete opposites. It was so amazing to, um, you know, once you got to like the final books and the movies uh, to watch them kind of battle it out. But I love Molly so much. Mm -hmm. I love Molly. She's the mom I always wanted. That, to, that, but if I was Harry, not if I was Ron. If I was, <laughs> if I was Harry, yes. Um, and then, but yeah, no, she's just, she's like an amazing mom. Like the way that she loves, the way that she cares, the way that she just, you know, opens up her home and brings whoever in, despite the fact that, you know, like her family may not be the most wealthiest or the most popular or, you know, like that none of that ever mattered. She loved with her whole heart and she's just spread that love to everyone around her. Now on the complete opposite side, I absolutely love Bellatrix Lestrange for the simple fact that she is the baddest witch. Yep, yep. <laughs> Hands down, this girl, like, she is the definition of, like, ride or die, full-on loyal, like, it, it, it may be for the opposite side, but she is, like, die hard, will not let it down, fights for, it's, oh, man. And then to watch them battle it out, I couldn't. 
my when I saw that on screen, I was like, ah, oh, my dreams, they have all come true. <laughs> you gotta respect loyalty wherever it is, right? You might not agree with the loyalty, but hey, you're you're willing to go to the mats for you know whatever yeah. it is you believe in. All right. Yep. Very cool. I love that. Uh, Aiden, I know um, you've told us before this podcast, but I have no recollection because I don't take notes and Danny's the one that does all the, you know, the hard work here. So uh, favorite character, Patronus, and I know your house and I just feel outvoted here, but go ahead and give that as well. <laughs> so um, basically we're a triple threat today. I am also a Slytherin. Um, I don't consider myself a mean person, but like Griselda said, I am a very ambitious person. Um, and I think ambition is is great because it allows you to accomplish what you know you want to do. Um, and I think that's very powerful. Um, as far as Patronus is, I don't remember taking the quiz. I did take it, but I don't remember like the questions or what I got. But I've always said that one of my Patronus, or my, my Patronus is going to be one of those frogs from the Frog Choir, one of those giant <laughs> frogs. Um, I always love them. I used to want to work for the Frog Choir, but I found out some stuff about some of like their behind the scenes policies. Um, so I won't be doing that. I also have tattoos now, so it will happen. But um, I, I love the froggies. I, you know, that was like the thing that got me into musical theater. And so um, I don't know, like they're just, they're cool. And I, I don't think they're very intimidating, but you know, <laughs> like, like you said, you know, like sometimes it's just kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, and then um, was there something else? Oh, and favorite character. Um, my favorite character is Scorpius Malfoy. Uh, and I adore him. I think he represents a lot of what I feel like I stand for and what I've gone through, um, and I've really related to him, so I think he's a really cool character. Also a super cute blonde. I'll, I'll say it. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you'll self-promote, but I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah, he he's kind of, he's kind of a cutie. <laughs> hey, if Bellatrix had better teeth, I'd be all over it. <laughs> Dude, Bellatrix is, like you said, Bellatrix is a bad bitch. Like, yes. <laughs> I, I was literally like thinking about her when you were saying it, and I was like, I should drag her. I was like, that'd be really fun. Yes, you should. <laughs> just, you know, just run around crazy. I mean, I did a Lucius Malfoy look, so I'm all about Jason Isaac. Like, he's he makes me love <laughs> Lucius Malfoy. He's got a strong jawline and some nice eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to do Lucius and Draco together. That'd be really fun. Um, so yeah, I, I just generally, I know I've talked about it a little bit for all the thousands of listeners who may be tired of hearing me talk at this point, but to reiterate, yeah, it's funny listening to you talk, Zach, about your kind of house identity progression. You know, I grew up always thinking I was a Ravenclaw um, because I was always, I mean, I, I played a ton of sports and at one point, also back coincidentally when I had hair, I was also athletic and used to be an athlete, right? But I was always kind of a nerdier book kid and all that. I really related very hardly, very hardly, that's not a word, uh, strongly to Ravenclaws. Um, and then when the Pottermore quiz got revamped and they changed the questions, whatever it was, maybe like five years ago or so, um, I took it and I got a Hufflepuff and it opened up this whole new world of possibility. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I mean, this doesn't feel right. This is a load of duffers, right? This is not the house I want to be in. But the more I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, I can, I can live with this. And then literally I was at Universal in Orlando in January at one time, probably about three, four years ago, maybe. And three, maybe three years ago. And it was cold, so I had to go buy a sweatshirt because I was freezing. And I'm like, I can't stay here the rest of the day. I'll get you. And, I, and so I was like, all right, all right. 
do I buy a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff? And that was my moment. That was my line in the sand. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going full in. And since then, it's just been a whole a whole world. Well, I gave a backstory to uh, my whole Slytherin is that, so my mom and I are very close. My mom is not a Harry Potter nerd. She's seen the movie. She appreciates it. When we went to the London movie set and walked through, it was my dad and me that were like reading all the placards, looking at the sets while my brother and my mom are like off to the side going, okay, sometime today we'll get our <laughs> And so my dad, me and him growing up never had a big connection because he was a working dad. And so, but what we had connected with was our reading and he would like read one chapter and then I would read one chapter and still to this day, um, he will have this mini fight with me and say, Dumbledore is not dead, Zach. I'm like, he is dead. <laughs> and, and then when he gets the chapter where Harry, you know, crosses over to the other side, and you see, see he's alive. I'm like, no, dad. <laughs> like, stop. And I sign birthday cards to him. And the very last thing I go, P.S., Dumbledore is still dead. And so with that being said, is that my dad would definitely fall on, on the lines of Gryffindor. So I joke and say all that merchandise that I bought that was Gryffindor, Gryffindor scarf, Gryffindor sweater, bathrobe, everything that was Gryffindor was my dad shoving his Gryffindor beliefs on his son. <laughs> kind of like what a dad would do. He's like, you're going to play football. You're going to play Quidditch, you know? But my mom, because she is very ambitious, very creative, very sassy, um, is very much like a Slytherin and that I would fall under my mom's footsteps and slither on into that thing. So that is my backstory of being Slytherin Gryffindor household. So that's actually a really nice jumping off point for my next question. Um, and Zach, just because you're already in the, in the headspace, I'll let you answer first here. How did Harry Potter come into your life whenever it did, you know, at the first? And what what did it mean to you at that time? Like what, what were like, you know, because and I, I want to ask later on, once we get through all the answers, like what it means to you now, um, if there is difference, right. What, what did the series first mean to you? Um, so I, just like a lot of people, um, were not big readers and I was not a big reader. Um, and I am a, an OG Harry Potter fan back when it wasn't popular. I'm going to be a hipster. I'm wearing hipster glasses anyway right now. Um, I was reading it before it was popular. At the time, Pokemon was huge. And, and my friends in school were always with their um, Nintendo player uh, going, uh, Pokemon this, Pokemon that. And I was sitting there with the book. And they'd be like, that looks stupid. And I, I will be honest, when I first read it, I read the first chapter and of course, as we know, the first chapter does not focus on Harry. It focuses on the Dursleys. And you're like, this book is about Harry Potter. I'm confused. Why is it not talking about Harry Potter? It's talking about these muggles. What's a muggle? And I was so confused. I put it aside, didn't read it, but I needed to finish reading it for a school project. So I went back to reading it and I get to chapter two. And then finally, the whole snake scene and everything just gets me all hooked. And I need to read more. I need to know more. And then my mom, she didn't believe me. 
she didn't believe that I read the book and I wanted to get the sequel and the book was at our books like store. And I remember going to Costco and seeing it like amongst all the other books that are laying on that massive table at a Costco. And I was talking about, I'm like, mom, I need to get the sequel. And she's like, you're not going to read it. You're not going to. And I'm like, no, mom. So I love Harry Potter so much because it gave me the passion to open up this world of reading. And it is also what has kept me reading. And I was there first in line um, when the final book came out. And being there is like seeing the excitement. I had girls crying behind me because I was the first. uh, Because they wanted to get their hands on the Deathly Hallows book. And I remember this Barnes & Noble person going, people, relax. Everyone is going to leave here with a copy. Calm down. And just seeing that progression from this nerdy boy, me, reading this book and people telling me that I'm stupid for reading a book to now fast forward, you know, 10 years later or whatever, and getting that final book and, and that anticipation, that excitement building, that how far it's come. Um, I also used to be a big scrapbooker and um, I recently have been looking back at my high school scrapbooks and stuff. I was so much of a nerd that I scrapbooked articles of the Harry Potter books and how they compared to like Star Wars and articles that J.K. Rowling like got interviewed and I was just such a nerd about it that I also was like I had um role-playing like scripts that I like hand like role-played with other people that I spinned off and everyone because we were writ- went waiting for that fourth book to come out we were doing spin-offs and fan fiction that's also what Harry Potter instilled in me, not just reading, but also writing. So I started creatively writing. And so that like meant so much more to me. I made three like spinoff stories of my own character in this wizarding world and how it connected to Harry Potter that it just got those creative juices that one simple book. So nowadays in the future, We've got the movies, we've got the theme parks, we've got so much. We've got a huge community of Harry Potter fans and stuff where we are creating our own special events at the theme parks. We're creating, you know, big conventions. That one simple book that I saw at a Scholastic Book Fair has spanned over the time Mm -hmm. and has created something that's so much bigger that I now it's such a big deal for me is that if I ever go on vacation to another country, I buy that book in that foreign language, just the first book, because it meant so much to me that I have now a collection from Germany, Italy, Japan, and people, when they go on vacations, they're like, do you need me to get anything from you for you? And I was like, yeah, get me the foreign language of that book because I have that collection. And so it means that much to me is that first book is what, spun off to other things. And I'm just going to rotate the camera for some of you that can see the camera. This is my uh, brick wall. with oh, oh, cute. Oh, I love so, it. Even though this is a vocal, uh, ones that are listening, so you can edit that out. No, no, we, we keep all of this in. There are, so. If you go back and listen to any of our episodes, which is a great note for the listeners, if this is your first Creative Magic experience, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, start from episode one. Um, there are so many times where I'm like, Danny, edit this out. And she just leaves it all in. I guess two things I'll say, and then and then we'll 
transition to Griselda is I also collect the books internationally um, when I go places. And it, for me, it's so cool. Like, I have so many vivid experiences, like being in a train station in Munich and just seeing like a little bookstore being like, hey, like I really want the Harry Potters. And she, the lady was like, in English? In English? I was like, no, 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 Deutsch, Deutsch, Deutsch. And she had no idea why I wanted them. I'm like, yeah. Now, like being in a, and I talked about all this, another great seamless plug here in I think episode two or three of Great Imagine. I need to listen to episode two or three. It sounds like a good episode to listen to. Um, yeah, like I, like I was in a Russian flea market and I found the books after like 30 minutes of like searching like, you know, arm, arm and leg, you know, through this, this little book stand. Anywho, point is, I also do that. I love it. Danny got me a book from Greece last year. Shouts to you, Danny. We I love you. It's, uh, it's the fourth book, though. They didn't have the first one. I think she got me the fourth as well. Yeah, and it's cool. Um, I also have it in Hebrew, too. Yeah. Backwards, too. So that's, like, what's cool and inspiring to see that this book has spanned on in so many areas. And this is a whole entire random shameless thing. I was so much of a nerd that there was this one website. I don't think it's around anymore that in my scrapbooking, we there this website created a survivor game that you as the fan would vote. So on the island of Survivor were all these haters of Harry Potter. And it was like these different, different um, things that were going on in the news so much when the books were getting more popular and more popular. And I have a printout of these haters and each week, you as the fan would vote them. You you decide if you wanted to vote them off the island, that they didn't need to be there any longer. So, like, I think Umbridge was on the island, but also real people in the world that, like, wanted to burn the books or uh, get rid of them out of schools. So, like, this was a contest that was just so fun that, like, you it, it was just this fan base that was very small back then. And it's interesting to see how it's grown. Back in my day. <laughs> Did you get the new Yiddish edition that came out this year? The one uh, of the beautiful artwork on the front cover? No, uh, no, no, no. The So they released, it's in the, I forget the artist, but the, the, the new, the redone artwork that came out like three years ago, they started doing all the books in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so they, they released the Yiddish copy for the first time ever officially published earlier this year. I didn't get the Yiddish one, no. But I did get the English version of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I think they did like, I want to say they did 900. For some reason, that number stands out in the first printing. Um, um, I, anyway. I already have the British version, mm-hmm. like the version. And then they've recreated the front cover. And my best friend, who's a flight attendant, bought me the new cover. Even though oh, I, didn't have- I need a flight attendant friend. That is such and- a smart idea. That flight attendant friend's literally come in clutch for everything. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And my um my ex boyfriend, this is not why we broke up, but it's up there on the reasons. He bought me the Irish version, which is the same version as the British version because it's part of the United Kingdom. Well, it depends if if he got Irish in terms of like English or in terms of like the the Celtic. I have the Celtic, the Agnus Orlock or whatever. That's awesome. No, he's not that smart. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> uh, I swear to this day, though, I think because he also was a f- flight attendant, and I swear to this day, I don't think he actually bought it. I think it was left on his flight, and the only thing difference is like on the back, it has like the euro and the pound. Right. That's the only thing that's different. And I had to explain that to him 
I go, it's part of the United Kingdom, but he's <laughs> not really good on geography and he's a flight attendant. Hold All on. right, well, shouts right. to you, less than super intelligent ex-boyfriend flight attendants. <laughs> and that is the tea. <laughs> Chris, have a... Um, Feel free to sprinkle in stories of, of you know, ex-partners of yours. Uh, no, um, what what is your Harry Potter origin story? How did the series first come into your life? Um, so the series came into my life when I was about 10 years old. Um, and at this point, I believe four books were out already. Um, and it came into my life kind of in a tragic way. Um... I was like 10, so I'm like, once again, you know, I'm 10 years old, I'm in the fourth grade, and um, at this time, uh, my mom had decided that I was too boy-like. Um, I was like an avid Pokemon card collector, and you know, like I was doing, I was doing like little Pokemon plays out on the grass, like, <laughs> um, wore boys clothes, hung out with boys, was into like biking and skateboarding, like sports things. Um, and my mom had decided that I was turning too much into a tomboy and she threw all my stuff away. Um, and then after that, I was raised fairly, um, traditional, uh, Salvadorian in regards to, you know, like the women we learned how to cook, clean, sew, uh, wasn't really allowed to go outside that much and play with my friends. Um, so it was, it was, it was um, a time where I was feeling very lost. Um, and then, you know, to add on to that, um, I was having that hard time with trying to understand why I was the darkest one on the, my mother's side of the family, um, cause they're all Salvadorian and I didn't really go to my father's side. Um, so I felt a little bit isolated on there. So, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I'm this 10 year old kid who's, you know, gotten the things that she really loves taken away from her. And she feels like she's in limbo. She's kind of lost with her identity. Um, and I remember uh, my mom had taken me to the library and I found this book and I was just like, oh, well, this looks kind of cool. Like, I like magic, right? I like magic. I'm going to, I'm going to get this book. And then sure enough, I ended up just absolutely falling in love with it. And I just felt like, you know, I related to like Harry at you know, under the cupboard and, 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 and stuff like that, because, you know, I didn't outside of, um, you know, my mom taking those in air quotations for those who can't see boy things um, away from me. I did. I had a really rough childhood, a really rough time coming up. Um, so Harry Potter was my escape. You know, like I felt like I related to him. Like I felt like um, this book, it gave me a world to escape to that was not mine. Um, and I needed that. I needed, I needed to feel kind of, um, I need to feel some sort of like safety and feel like, okay, which, you know, weren't things that I, that I felt at that time. And, um, and then, you know, I didn't feel, uh, a <laughs> cool, like 90% of my childhood. Um, so this book, it gave me, it gave me an out, it gave me a whole other world. It gave me magic. It gave me, um, a mother's love, which is, you know, why I love Molly so much. But then it also taught me like you fight for what you want. You never give up. And even when everything seems like it's so, so dark, there's always light. There's always light, you know, and there's nothing, you know, stronger than, you know, that love and, and caring that you give for others. And so the book became, um, 
ultimately became my escape for life. Um, and it kept me like kind of pushing God. Now, definitely, you know, further down the line, um, my mom, you know, started realizing how crazy into this I was and started reading the books because I started using spells on her. <laughs> so, and she was like, what is this child doing? And what is this child saying to me? <laughs> so she ended up reading the books and, you know, she, she kind of liked them, but then didn't like some of the spells that I was using. And so <laughs> ultimately tried to take it away from me. But that did not work out. Um, and then it was just, it was something that, you know, I even held on into, you know, my adulthood or, you know, even to, you know, today, which is um, a big part of why, you know, a lot of times when people are like, oh, like you're a Slytherin, that's, you know, when they perceive it as something so bad, I'm like, no, Slytherins are actually great. You know, like not all Slytherins are evil, just like not all Gryffindors are noble. You know, there is, there, there is that there, but that um, continuous like ambition and, and that drive that I have for everything that, you know, I put into, you know, life, my career, my sisters, everything like that. I always kind of like have Harry Potter in the background of like, you know what, if he could find all these whole cruxes and destroy them and, you know, have his only like his two friends with, you know, like, <laughs> then I can do it too. Um, and I think that that's why like Harry Potter was just so powerful for me. And that's kind of, you know, what got me really into the books. I'm curious. Um, you just said you have sisters. Um, are they into Harry Potter at all? Are you the sole person in the family that, that does Potter? <laughs> so they're not into it to the extent that I am into it. Sure. Um, but my sister, Yuli, she just turned 19. She just graduated from high school too. Um, Congratulations. That's wonderful. Yes. She is a very, very proud Ravenclaw. Um, and then my younger sister, who's not really into it, I will say that her mind completely changed after I took them to Universal in Florida. She went in and she was like, oh my gosh, we're going to spend so much time in Harry Potter. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear the music, but she was so anti-Harry Potter. Five days later, she leaves with two wands. <laughs> And she's like, I feel the magic. <laughs> Love that. That park will do it to you. 1,000%. Yeah. <laughs> that park. Um, Aiden, Aiden, I know you've talked about it before in the podcast, um, but do you want to give an abbreviated version of how Potter came into your life? Definitely. Um, so when, I mean, the, the earliest like memory I have of it was um, I was super young and my dad, <clears throat> wanted me to watch the movie um and so i had walked in <clears throat> sorry guys i sound like crap um i had walked into his room once when i was really young and i had seen the mermaid scene or the mer people scene from goblet of fire and i remember being like oh fuck like that's so scary like i'm never never watching that ever you know like that was just terrifying and so i just had this like irrational fear because of the mer people and they weren't even like mean, like, you know what I mean? Like they were just scary. They looked really, really good. Um, and when, like one day I remember he wanted me to watch it and he was like, we were in the front room. He was like, come on, like come watch it. And every time we'd watch a movie in there, I'd regret it. You know, I watched Jurassic Park, traumatized, ruined dinosaurs for me as a kid. But I, I just sat down and I was like, okay, fine, we'll do this. And we watched it and I was like, you know, I, I was, I was really into it. I was like, well, this is, this is actually really good. 
Um, and so the next like couple days that week, we watched the next movies. And so at that time, Order of the Phoenix had just come out on DVD. And I remember just telling my dad, like, okay, let's watch the next one. And he's like, it's not out yet. And I was like, what? And so I ended up reading the books because I was like, I need to know what happened. Like, this is, this is crazy. Um, and I fell in love with it. You know, it, it just, it took over my life. And so slowly it's kind of shifted um, in, in what it is. You know, I've always loved it. I've always dressed up. But now it's kind of my quote unquote job. You know, this is like a way that I connect with people around the world. This is a way that I make money. And so, you know, it, it's definitely shifted. But that love for it has is just like, it hasn't ever gone out. You know, it's always just, it's gotten better. And I have so many people that are like, you still like Harry Potter? And I'm like, yeah. And I like, I show them my tattoos and they're like, oh, you really like Harry Potter? And I'm like, um, and, you know, I think, I think, I think that speaks for it. It's just like, you know, it, it changes your life, especially, you know, when you, when you have trauma associated with it. For me, you know, I know Harry Potter was a big reason that I came out. You know, I came out to the first people I came out with um, in the wizarding world, like in the park in Hollywood. And so I, I just love, I love Potter. It's, it's always made me feel safe and it's always made me feel understood and, and cared for. And I think that's something that a lot of people can pull from, from Harry Potter. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. I think a common thread that we get whenever we talk with people on the podcast who are generally around our, our shared age here, and I'll gladly use Aiden's age as my own, even though that's not true. Um, one of the things that we get is Harry Potter has always served for a lot of us as a form of escapism, and not necessarily from anything bad, although certainly it has and can, as is illustrated through a lot of our examples. But, you know, Harry Potter came into a lot of our lives as a form of escape from something. And I'm curious, as we've all gotten older and started to look at, you know, literature through a critical lens and all that good stuff, right? How has whatever the series means to you, if it has changed, how has it changed? And I'll leave that answer open to anybody. Um, well, like for me, in a sense, uh, obviously, uh, more and more, like some of the big famous lines from the stories of Harry Potter have helped explain more of things, um, you know, with some of the, those big liners and quotes that we requote multiple times, uh, whether it's in a Facebook status or an Instagram post, um, or we tattoo it to our body as you're showing it. Um, okay, guys, keep your clothes on. See, video, um, and <laughs> um, is that you know these words mean something to us and and we we take it in because it helps explain our personal stories the the struggles that the characters that we see through it so and more as we see it on the screen as we see it as we reread the books we nitpick it and everything we find these details and then we use it to relate to so many other things that are going on into the world and the these are these have stayed stayed this test of time. Um, and we, for example, uh, for me, as a personal story, um, one of my best friends, um, the flight attendant, um, she, six years ago, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Just spoiler alert, she is great, she is alive, she has kicked its butt. Um, but in that, 
process, cancer is a bitch. It really will suck the life out of you like a dementor. And, um, and especially the chemo. And so with her, uh, we were having a conversation once and she was really depressed. And it's me and our other best friend. And we're in a group text message and we all kind of have the power of three that when one is feeling sad, secretly, we don't know it, but the other person is feeling sad too. Or when one is happy or having a great day, you know, it's funny, we all are having a great day, even though we live separately. Um, you know, she used to live in New Jersey and the other one lives in South Florida and I live in Orlando. Um, so I said to her, I go, she was feeling really depressed um, and, you know, her hair's falling out. She doesn't feel beautiful. She feels terrible. I said to her in this group chat, I was like, you know what? We're like the Deathly Hollows. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, think about it. The Deathly Hollows separately are powerful objects of power. Separately, we are powerful people. We have big personalities. We are wonderful. We are loving. We are accepting of so many things. And so we are powerful separately. But together, when we are together, we feel so much stronger. We could literally defeat death itself. And, and she goes, okay, so then, you know, which one do we represent? I go, well, um, you represent the resurrection stone. You are resurrecting your life, you know, from death. You are coming out of the ashes of cancer. You are becoming a stronger person and you are like the resurrection stone. And, and I go, and then our other friend, she is kind of like the sillier one of the group of three. She would, she will do something crazy that no one around us will understand, but we will accept. So she would be the invisibility cloak. Because imagine you're putting that cloak on, you're being mischief, you're doing things maybe to make your friend feel happy or anything. And then they both said in the, in the text, they go, well, then Zach, that would make you the elder one. Why are you the elder one? I'm like, well, that is pretty much simple to explain because I'm the only one that has a penis. So <laughs> my elder one. Bam. Okay, I was going there in my head. And I didn't want to interrupt a poignant story, so I didn't want to say anything. And then you went there. You know, I said this all in a text message, and they just started dying laughing that I am, uh, you know, saying that this very deep story, making them be emotional. Anytime I tell this story to someone, they're like, so why are you the elder one? They like to also say, because I'm the oldest out of all three of us. So as friends, the Deathly Hollow symbol, and I wear it, I have it on my necklace, that, and, and, I, and they all have a necklace too, that we all wear the Deathly Hollow symbol, and we are planning on, in the future, getting a tattoo that we symbolize it um, and, and get it onto our body permanently because of that. And I saw, showed you briefly my brick wall, and I have a portrait that is painted by an artist of all three of us, and in the center, is the Deathly Hollows logo. It's made to look like a movie poster from Harry Potter. And because Dobby's one of my favorite characters, he's in there too. <laughs> like snap <laughs> away. So that's what, to go back to your original question, is how 
this story, we've all taken it and embodied it and throughout the, the years help it tell our own personal stories um, and see it evolve outside just the black and white um, text. Yeah, I mean, look, he just managed to include a really touching story about overcoming cancer, being there for friends, uh, a phallic allegory, if you will. Uh, there was a lot kind of in there to unpack, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Does anybody else, would anybody else like to share um, how Potter has evolved for you in your life over the years? I think for, um, I think for me, there is, you know, like, like Zach was saying, like, there are, you know, different quotes and, and, you know, big lines that, you know, we kind of hold on to. And the one that I've always held on to, and like, I literally, I have it in um, my office at work. I have it in my office at home. Like, it's my background on my computer screen. Like, it's my absolute, like, favorite quote. And it's, um, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times when only, when one only remembers to turn on the light. Um, and I have just experienced so much darkness in my life that that has always continued to kind of like hold me up, even when I felt like, you know, like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm at my end's wits this, like, I, I see no point, you know, um, I always kind of remember that quote and it always gets me out. It won't even, I won't even think about like the whole like movies or the books or anything like that. It's that one quote that has helped me out through my entire adult life. When I feel like, you know, my career isn't going where I want it to go or it's taking too long. Like just remember that in this dark time that there is always, always light and it's, it's literally, it's, it's kept me here. And, you know, that's, I think that that's a huge, like, power that, um, you know, Harry Potter and the Harry Potter community, you know, has is, you know, I've made lifelong friends, you know, through, through, you know, the Harry Potter series and, and, you know, through, you know, Instagram and, um, I've met amazing people in my life and, you know, have built this different type of community to where even though I have never met them in person, I know that I could go to them with absolutely anything at any point. Like if I'm ever down, if I ever feel like, you know, like, you know, I can't do this, you know, life is too hard or whatever. I know that there are people that are within this community that I've never met that have just the kindest, most beautiful souls and literally help me get, you know, through this, you know, thing we call life. So I think it's, you know, it started off as, you know, an escape for me when I was a kid. And now it's just become such a big piece of my happiness as an adult. Aiden, what does the fan community mean to you? I thank you for asking me that because I was about to <clears throat> but in, um, and, and by the way, Griselda, I, I really resonated with that. You know, that quote is, is just something that I think, I mean, I can't tell you guys, I, I don't want to like make this about me, but this last week has been difficult so play. difficult. To, it's, yeah, you know, <laughs> what can I say? Um, but, but in all seriousness, th this last week has been a really difficult week for me. Um, and thank you guys so much for being so flexible with the podcast, um, just because it, it's just, it's been a week. Um, and that quote, specifically that quote, funny enough, has just 
really, really been there for me. Um, and same thing with Hogwarts will always be there to welcome you home. I just got that done on my side of my ribs um, and it's in Brandy's handwriting. And, you know, it's, it, it, I've always kind of had issues with my family growing up. <clears throat> and this week graduating, you know, leaving a part of my life behind that has meant so much to me, like just in like character development, like in who I am. Um, you know, I, I was very vulnerable already and I had a lot of family issues with people just not really giving a shit. Um, and so I think having my Potter family has meant so much to me just because you know, you don't, you don't get to choose who your family is by blood, but you get to choose who you put your, put in your life. And mm -hmm. I, I go through shit. I have friends that go through shit in the community and it's like, we're always there to be there for each other. Yeah. They'll be bickering. Yeah. They'll be fighting, but you know, there's so many relationships that like throughout the years have just never, ever stopped being as strong as they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, my friend Hannah showed up surprised in cosplay and came to graduation with me and she joked about it like four years ago and I literally like I had just I was literally crying in the bathroom like getting ready and I never cry and it just it meant so much to me and so you know having Harry Potter in those different ways and shapes and forms in my life and, and having this community you know it, it just it means the world to me I wouldn't train it or trade it for anything and I feel like it does kind of relate to the pride theme of this episode in the sense of like, I, I sometimes feel embarrassed in like who I am or like what I do and what I find interest in. And there's so much focus on like looking a certain way and acting a certain way. And, and for me, I mean, it may not be the popular thing, but I, I just, I love this community. I wouldn't trade it. It's, it's my life. It's, it's literally saved my life. Um, and you know, it just, it, it goes to show that this community, you, you don't have to know each other very well, but when you talk, it's the, it's the same connection and the same love and the same energy. Uh, and I think, I think it's just really powerful. I, I don't, I don't know any community in this earth that is as powerful. I don't even think that like religions are as, as powerful as sometimes, to be honest. I mean, seriously, in all seriousness, I, I think the amount of love, kindness, and the amount of, of things people will do for each other in this community is, is beautiful, you know, and it's a hidden gem. Um, but, you know, I, I almost can't even describe it. Like, it's just, it's just a very good group of people. It's a great story. It's a great, safe third home. Well, I am tearing up. So, Aiden, do you oh. wanna do you wanna kick us off um, into the next piece of conversation while I kind of cry off camera here? Yeah. Um. And I think I think we'll transition it like this. I know Katie and Russell talked about it last week. Um. And if you're listening to this, if you are, you know, actively involved in the community, um, J.K. Rowling has been very transphobic lately, and we as a podcast and i know that our guests today too um feel this way but you know we do not condone this this kind of behavior from jk rowling and i know that you know if you're if you're trans or if you fall under the transgender umbrella um 
whether you're androgynous or non-binary or you know the list goes on you're valid um and and whatever you get from this story is truly what it's all about it's it's not even about jk rowling the writer it's not about harry it's not about hermione it's not about ron it's it could be about dobby it could be about scorpius it could be about mrs mrs norris you know what you find in this story is personal and intimate to you and you know there's no right answer as to what you can gain from this and so you know i know i felt really really shitty this week about everything happening with jk rowling and we wanted to talk about it briefly today just because it needs to be addressed um and i think that we need to almost do some healing just because it's something that goes against what we believe in it's something that goes against what we were taught by her and you know, we're a community that stands together. And right now, the way she's speaking is not a community or is, is not promoting a community that, that does that. And that's, that's not okay. Um, I, I feel like this week I've had to think a lot about who I am as an individual. Um, and I've always been very comfortable with my androgenuity, I, I guess, if that's a word. Um, I, do makeup. I work with Ipsy as a makeup artist. I um, I love to cosplay male and female characters. And, you know, I've never really sat down and thought about my gender identity. But truthfully, I know in my heart that I have moments where I feel feminine on the inside, or I feel nothing, or I feel masculine. Um, and I don't identify as anything differently. But, you know, I can't imagine what it's like knowing and growing up for years that you aren't in the right body. You know, I, I felt it with body dysmorphia just because for some reason, and it, it's fucking terrible. And you, you, they don't write books about that. They don't, you know, they don't glamorize it. They, you don't see it online. And it's, it is a wall in your head that you just, you can't break. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is, me saying it for the first time out there, but I love that I can express myself just how I feel. I, I don't want people to know me as he, her, they, them, Z. I, I don't know what, what other pronouns there could be, but I want people to love me as Aiden. And truthfully, the reason I, I'm, I'm so upset with JK Rowling is, is it doesn't matter what you were born with. It doesn't matter, you know, what your body parts are, it doesn't matter how you feel on the inside. When it comes down to it, we are all our individual selves and we should all be taking care of each other. We should all love each other. And it, it, you know, I think it's insensitive, especially during Pride Month, and especially during issues with Black Lives Matter where there's a time and a place to speak on things and there's a time and a place to post certain things. To get online, after being silent on Twitter and bring people down because of the way they feel inside. I don't think it's right. I think it's incredibly hurtful. And I think it goes against everything she's taught us since she wrote her first book. And to anybody that doesn't know who they are, doesn't identify, doesn't know what feel inside, but just feels something. I am so sorry that this has hurt you and affected you. And I am so sorry that you feel this way because I get how that feels and it is fucking terrible. 
But I want you to know that like, if you don't know what you are, if you don't know how you feel, if you don't have a word that, that just describes it, don't worry about it. You don't need a label. You don't need, you know, the precise definitions, the nomenclature. What you feel on the inside is real. You just can't see it. And I think that we know, you know, magic isn't created through wands and spells. It's through the way that we interact with our community, the way that we interact with our friends, our family, and the people we love, and the good that we bring, despite all the darkness, and despite everything else that the world tries to throw at us. So I, I'm going to hand it off to Rosella and Zachary, but I, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that I said that because I, I get how difficult this week has been for a lot of people. And, you know, don't let, don't let the words of a naive, ignorant author ruin a world that means so much to you. So, I mean, I'm going to start with like a quote that when I read the hero of our story, Daniel Radcliffe, um, say he wrote an amazing response. I had no idea also, I had this conversation with my friend today after brunch, um, which is a, if for some of you that don't know what brunch is that you're listening, is a gay type of um, breakfast because we're too lazy to wake up for breakfast. Um, yep. <laughs> but, um, anyway, we were just, she had no idea this, the, this was going on. And she doesn't have a Twitter account. She had no idea. And she's like, what is JK Rowling? saying and that we've put jk rowling on such a pedestal and that um that we put people on pedestals we see them almost godlike uh and we sometimes forget people are also humans too i am not saying this because i'm not uh taking away what she has said but we sometimes forget some people are humans and perhaps in 10 years from now J.K. Rowling may write a beautiful new story that incorporates so much more of diversity um, that we are going to praise it and love it. And then all of a sudden, someone is going to find these tweets from 10 years ago and hash it back out again and put her on trial again and not accept of her moving. I'm hoping that she will learn from this from reading her recent post, not the tweet, but the article that you sent me, Aiden, um, as I explained to you personally, I was confused even more from what she was writing. It was a lot of jumbles. I thought I was reading, no offense to Anne Rice, but I thought I was reading an Anne Rice novel because sometimes when Anne Rice writes, she'll talk about something, about a vampire, flashback back to the story, and then 10 chapters later, she'll bring you back to that. And that's what I felt like when I was reading J.K. Rowling's thing. It was all over the place. She didn't cite any um, sources. But back to my point, this quote from Daniel Radcliffe um, that he said, uh, if these books taught you that love is the strongest force in the universe, that the dogma ideas of the purest, purest led to the oppression of vulnerable groups, if you believe that a particular character is trans, non-binary, or gender fluid, or that they are gay or bisexual, if you found anything in these stories that resonate with you and help you at any time in your life, 
then that is, is between you and the book that you read and it is sacred. And so um, J.K. Rowling wrote these books, you know, 20 years ago, right? We're at 20, 25 years ago. I can't keep track. I can't even keep track of how many days I've been in quarantine. But um, <laughs> Too many. <clears throat> so she has wrote these books and we have put her on a pedestal. And she has spoken out so much on so many positive issues. Why now? Why these issues? And why is she coming out with these? As you had said, Aiden, to me, read the room, JK. Like, read the room. Why, why are you not seeing what's going on right now? Um, and it's also, you know, why is she talking about these things? And when I read her article, there was a lot of things that I felt internally, JK, as we know from her past, has dealt with a lot of men, like mentally um, ideas that, uh, and, and struggles of her own um, that you could see that in that article that there's some deeper meaning behind some of her words that I never knew that there's this somehow pandemic that she was trying to make it sound like I'm very new to understanding the trans community probably within the past five years. Um, and I have been very accepting and understanding and wanting to learn and educate, educate myself. Um, but some of the th stuff she said surprised me. Like, I never knew about that, that there's supposedly this, some pandemic that she made it sound like that transgender people, like I was discussing this with my friend that yes, growing up, a lot of people said, oh, that's girly, that's this. And we talked a lot about that with, um, um, I'm gonna probably pronounce it wrong, Gr Grisenda. Gr Griselda. Griselda. <laughs> Griselda, with what you were saying that you were told, you know, that's boy stuff, that's that. You know, and that was the same way. I played with a Barbie doll growing up. And J.K. Rowling brought to my attention, I Googled it, and I was like, that there's this thing that people are uh, somehow bullied to the point of wanting to transgender, transition. And I was like, this is a thing? How is this a thing? I, you know, wikipedia it. I was like, I never heard about this. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I was bullied a lot for doing feminine things. But I also get down and dirty and we'll go camping and we'll go uh, garden and have dirt all over my, you know, nice manicured fingers, you know. <laughs> um, I don't get manicures. But <laughs> I never felt that I was bullied to the point that I knew who I was, that it would make me want to transgender. And she's saying that people are being bullied to the point that they feel like that they need to transgender into the opposite sex. And then once they get there, then they realize, oops, I need to go backwards. I didn't know this was some type of pandemic that was happening in the world that she tried to put out there. And I was like, again, read the room. Is this really a thing? You know, and, and I don't know if it is a thing because I'm not as educated on it. So, so to jump in, um, I, I had spoken to Russell about it, and Russell was in the last episode talking with Katie um, and, and Maz about it, but from my understanding and from my research, there is a very small amount of people that transition back. There's a lot of misinformation about that subject. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert here. However, 
what I can say is, and, and this is something I, I, I had gotten from Russell and he wanted, he, think, he thinks that this is the best way for me to speak on it. <clears throat> I think the biggest issue with this article besides the blatant transphobia is that just like being gay or bi or a lesbian, no marginalized group like speaks for itself just absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so every trans person's experience is going to be different. Every gay person's experience is going to be different. So I I think it's really important to remember that. I I, honestly, I get it. I get what she's saying in that, in that sense, even from the gay community, because, and I'm I'm sure Zach will agree with me here. There are a lot of guys that will immediately put you down for feminine Mm -hmm. behaviors and mannerisms. I'm a makeup artist. I don't wear makeup half the time because honest to God, Sometimes I just, I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm just lazy and I don't like to clean my brushes, but also people don't seem to understand that, like, that's not necessarily me trying to be feminine. I'm trying to be creative. I'm trying to do something cool. And it's like, it's immediately put down. And I think there's so many things in our own community that people do that, that add to this pandemic, what we'll call it. And I don't think that that, I don't think that's enough to necessarily make everybody transition you know, to, to feel valid, but I could definitely see it for some people. And, and I get it. And I think that, you know, if you're listening to this, like we gotta, we gotta do something as our own community to address this because it's not, it's, it's not it, it's not cool. And it's, it's 2020, you can be femme, you can be masked, you can switch off. I mean, be you, you know, be, be you and, and don't put someone down for what they want to do. And to yeah. add more onto it, is just because she is saying these things now, it's not like she has put money, her money towards, um, you know, things that affect our community that, that we know of, um, that she hasn't put money like Chick-fil-A, you know, for example, <laughs> uh, you know, she hasn't put her money that is going to harm her. Yes, words hurt. And, and, and we look up to her because we put her on a pedestal. Um, but that should not make you want to, I'm going to go burn this Harry Potter book. I'm not going to let anyone read this. Because it's not, it's the words that are in the book that have inspired us as that we have talked earlier on in this podcast that have raised us out from that dark points in our life or have inspired us to become better people. So we have to look at that as a Harry Potter fandom and embrace what we know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hopefully JK will see th- what is going on. But again, she has also gone into this like celebrity spotlight that has that made her so famous that she's blinded by some things. I don't know. Um, I don't go ahead. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate y'all sharing your, your honest perspectives and lived experiences here. Uh, Cause it's, it's something I, I talked about this a little bit in our last episode with Katie Russell and Maz. I can't relate to as someone who grew up no. as a, as a straight white male surrounded by other straight white people in the South. Like I, I can't. Um, and for, for me, and I'm really curious, Griselda, what, if anything, you want to share here, because, you know, among many people, like, I, I've definitely appreciated over these past couple of weeks as we've been dealing with 
and, and dealing with it now, only because it's come to the forefront now, obviously these issues have been and sadly will most likely continue to be issues that we have to deal with for a while as we've dealt with, um, you know, the the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement now and of course everything that's going on specifically to our Harry Potter community in light of J.K. Rowling's transphobia. I've looked to people like you, I've looked to people like Gerald and Karina and Trey and Amana and Ellie and uh, Amanda at Bibbidi Bobbidi Broke, which is just a great uh, handle, might I say. Like I've looked to a lot of y'all because I, you know, what the hell can I say now that adds value to, to learning more about lived experiences of people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I'll just, I'll tee it up and say, I'm, I'm just curious what, what you may want to share. So reading one, you know, just her tweets in general, and then reading her explanation um yeah and all the air quotes for those who can't see um it left so much confusion to the extent of where i actually had to send it out to someone else so that they could read it as well and then we can like have some form of discussion on it because the it it, she's contradicting herself in most of it (laughs) you know there's there's so many logical fallacies (laughs) in so many points and as as a writer i'm like I can see you using this syntax to try to be persuasive, but you've yeah. also like ad hominems like eight times here. And then you have like a two absolute and a slippery slope. Sorry guys, I get wow. really into English writing. I, I love it. But no, like like you said, she's so full of it. She's contradicting yeah. herself so much. And the vocabulary that she used in it, like the wording, how, like, yeah. you know, that surprised me too. Yeah. Um, I'll let you, I have something to add on to that, but I'll let you finish what you're saying. Okay. Um... So like, so, so reading that and then just even within like its first paragraph of like, I feel like I have to explain myself um, and my tweets because I'm being attacked as a woman, you know, like I read that and I'm just like, well, one, you write and two, you apparently don't know how to use your words because your tweet sucks. Like, (laughs) like just, just, just flat out. It sucks. Whatever you were trying to portray, whatever you're trying to get across, you definitely didn't get it across. You ended up just, you know, typing up some word vomit and throwing it out there. And, you know, Zach, I completely agree with you in the regards of like, you know, we have to remember that, you know, these people are humans as well, but in the same breath, her words are so problematic. Yeah. They're problematic to the trans community. They're pro- they're problematic to the LGBTQ community in general. And what my concern and my biggest worry comes in is that as more and more children are being brought up, they're going to continue picking up these Harry Potter books. Yeah. And when you read that your idol may have a, a specific view on, you know, in this case, you know, trans, um, let's say you're that little, you're, you know, at the, at this point, you're that little boy and you're just like, I don't feel like this is my body, but my idol, my idol says that, you know, there's only, there's really only two, there's women and men. Um, and if I feel like I'm a woman, then I, then I'm attacking other women, you know, and, and, and taking away their femininity or their safety. And I don't want to do that. So maybe I'll just suffer in this body. 
you know, and then that's, that's where it becomes so, so dangerous because we definitely don't want, you know, our kids, we don't want any adult to feel as if they are stuck or they should stay within these parameters of what the world deems as normal um, to be accepted because that's definitely not the case. That's absolutely not the case. And, you know, I see it so much, um, you know, within the black community and growing up and growing up being really nerdy or growing up and not being the most feminine, like, yeah, you know, like I wear like my makeup and, you know, when I, you know, go into uh, Slytherin cosplay, I usually have these high heeled leather boots that I throw on. Yes. Um, <laughs> but in my everyday, like I'm very like jeans, sneakers. I just cut all my hair off. I feel super empowered. Um, but a lot of people can view that as, you know, like me being overly masculine and automatically assuming, I mean, well, yes, I am a lesbian, but they would automatically assume, you know, like, okay, well, she's gay. And that happened to my sister. That happened to my sister. She cuts all her hair off and everyone automatically assumes that she's a dyke, literally in high school, being bullied, being called a dyke because she decided to cut all of her hair off. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is where we get into that danger, that, that dangerous space of, when you are a person of influence, when you have that much power, you need to be very careful with what you say mm -hmm. because your, your entire community, there are people that will continue to be like, well, you know, JKR, like she's our God, you know, like yeah. anything she says, I will hold on to it. Like every little word, every like breath, everything. And that could be so dangerous for our young ones. Well, and good point. Yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah, you look up to them and stuff. And uh, as a simple, you know, quote that we've heard many times with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And she has that power. Yeah. And that could have been her moment in time to write in that letter instead of ranting and raving so much and trying to, she never once apologized kind yeah. of a thing. And I will be honest, I, halfway through... I was totally bored. I was like, this is not something that, and you, you have a fine point. Those words are powerful and it is still dangerous. And yeah, it is sad that if I, my own son, if I had one and I wanted to give him that book, you know, he's going to later on hear that his favorite author, uh, you know, was like this. Um, and, and it's, you can't use also the argument like, oh, well, when you read Huck, Huckleberry Finn or whatever, and you find out about Mark Twain or whatever, or something like that, or one of those other authors from back in the day. Yeah. Like, oh, he was a product of his time. Well, J.K. Rowling's a product of this time too as well. And our time yeah. is progression, and that's not what should be happening. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, everyone's like right, right there with, you know, like read the room. Like this is not the time for you to be yeah. saying things like this, especially with... Um, what this month symbolizes yeah. and how, and how it was like brought to light, you know? So what, what is so dangerous is that seriously guys, within like the last three weeks, we've had two black trans die, uh, be murdered. Um, we've had problematic tweets from JKR and then, um, we have an administration that's trying to defund trans people like trans trans rights, you know, and that's so, and, and especially like in this month, it's so problematic when we look back at the Stonewall riots and um, we look at our minority 
black trans sisters that were out there that were fighting that were vocal that were you know protesting writing throwing these bricks to really shatter um what is normal and 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 who who is deserving of rights it's absolutely like it's absolutely ridiculous that it, it I'm like, I'm going to lose my words because I get so riled up. But what she wrote is so incredibly problematic. And then her follow-up tweet of like, oh, well, if, you know, trans lives were really under attack, I'd be, you know, out there marching with you. Okay, bet. Um, Let's talk about the Black trans women that continue to die. That continue to just either magically show up dead or are being brutally murdered with no justification. That's why, like, this month, I'm so passionate, I mean, in general, in life, I've been protesting and, and you know, being part of the whole Black Lives Matter movement since its very start. But right now, I feel it because we're shouting Black Lives Matter, but there are those people that have that word, but, mm-hmm. and it's trans lives. They're not included in it. And it's absolutely ridiculous, especially when our Black trans sisters are the ones that are really being targeted. It's so, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think it's the same way we rightfully, you know, protest, cry out, donate to support organizations that are, that are pushing for the justice for Arnaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, right? Dominique Fells and Raya Milton. And the, the frankly hundreds, if not prob- most likely, because I'm ignorant to the numbers, thousands of black trans people who are, are being killed um, and that don't get pressed for it. Right? Their, their names deserve to be said equally as loudly. Couldn't agree anymore. Uh, to kind of wrap up on the, on the JK Rowling comment, and I said this to my friend, locally here in Orlando, we have a um, locally owned uh, grilled cheese restaurant, you know, when that was a fad and stuff. (laughs) um, She, a little crazy upstairs, um, put out there back um, in April, uh, put on social media, said on May 1st, which we were not going to be open for restaurants with this quarantine, I'm going to go ahead and open and I don't care like open up her business. She was doing curbside, but I guess she wasn't making enough money for curbside. And she literally said, this is ridiculous. We're reopening. That post on Facebook, on her thing, went viral. To the point in Ohio, I had friends in Ohio, they said that the news was posting about this viral thing that it was just back and forth. Mm -hmm. Why I bring this up is one of her comments from her uh, restaurant, which she also claimed later on that it was someone else logged into her account. And I was like, mm, yeah. It's like a hiring excuse, I hear it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and you are a small business. You cannot tell me that this small business that has maybe like 10, I mean, 20 chairs in this small little restaurant, that somehow you have afford a PR person. Yeah, okay. But that's a whole other discussion. Anyway. She put, as one of her comments, um, I'm reopening. And people were saying, no, like the government and also health officials say that it's not appropriate to reopen. She said, no, I know doctors. I know people. I have friends. 
I have family that want me to reopen and I have proof that it's this and this. From reading J.K. Rowling's uh, essay, when she said, I know trans people, doctors, this, I literally flash back like that's a raven. And like, (laughs) this woman who was choosing to reopen when it was not safe here in Florida to have a restaurant open, to say those lines of ignorant and say, I know doctors, okay. And so everyone underneath that was like, show us these doctors that say that it's okay to reopen. And that's the same way with JK Rowling's messages. Okay, tell us these apparent doctors that you're not citing in your essay. So you said that this um, crazy woman I am connecting to someone who I have idolized all my life and put on a pedestal that you are on the same level of this crazy woman whose business she pretty much plummeted by something as simple as a message of rebellion. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's something that's that, I mean, my entire life, I've consistently heard this, you know, and it's more so like, well, yeah, I may have said that, but I'm not racist because I have a black friend. Uh, yeah. Yo, yeah. Look, I grew up in North Carolina. I the amount of times that people whose parents are like, oh no, like I'm friends with, you know, so and so up the street. It, it, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's bullshit. Continue. Yeah. yeah I dated a black guy. You know, like yeah, it's just it, it, the same way that not you know like not one trans person can speak for all trans people. It's yeah. in the exact same way that it trickles down into everything else, and um. You know, my, my, my final notes on, on her message is that like, you know, when I read it, I, I, I guess kind of understand the thought of she feels like her femininity is being attacked. Yeah. Um, but in the same breath, it's just, I don't really care. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it, and, and I think why I personally feel that way is just because um, for so long, we have been talking when, you know, my, my community has been talking about the black experience, um, and what it is to be, you know, what it's like to be black in America. And then a lot of times when we were vocal about that, um, we hear, um, you know, white women or even, you know, white feminists come out and be like, well, my experience is worse. or or like I don't have privilege because you know I'm broke you know and it's just like that's not what we're talking about here you know so when when she goes out and she says like oh my femininity is pretty much being attacked and um you know being a woman is it's completely irrelevant like if you feel the way you feel inside right? If you're like, this is, this is not my body. I am a woman. Then, then you, then you are a woman like that. That's it. That's it. You you don't, I don't feel attacked when I see like a trans woman, if anything, I'm just like, how did you do your eyebrows? Because I need to be better. <laughs> you know, like I don't feel that attack. And I, and I obviously do not speak for, you know, all lesbians. I do not speak for all people of color, minorities or anything like that. But, you know, when I read those comments, they're just incredibly problematic. Um, and, and just like um, Aiden was saying, you know, be who you are and embrace that. And, and I just want to, you know, say to um, 
my, you know, black nerds out there or, you know, just minority nerds in general, don't ever not be nerdy because it's not what you think your community like will deem proper or whatever the case may be. You be black, you be nerdy, you be that kid running around in a cape with blue hair. That was me in high school, FYI. <laughs> you know, I you, it. <laughs> you be that kid, like you be that person, whether you embrace it at a very young age or you embrace it when you're older. Just just learn to be you, love yourself, and remember that even if you are reading these books or you pass them down to, you know, your future kids, nephews, family members, whatever the case may be, remember to tell them that the magic within these books really relies within the magic within our community and not so much of what the author has to say. In this case, we have to separate the um, creator from the creation. Yeah. Yeah, so so at risk of just having a hard 180 transition here, we unfortunately do have to wrap because as much as I love this conversation, I also love Aiden, Aiden having to pay his bills and Aiden has to get to work. Uh, <laughs> but look, I, I don't want this to be the end of this and I, I can speak comfortably for Danny here. I think whether it is uh, y'all together, y'all individually, y'all with anyone else in the Potter community who we can get on, we want to keep having your voices here on the pod because they are vitally important at any time, of course, but as as our world is dealing with this realization of underrepresentation um, in media, but also just in day-to-day conversation, I think it's all the more important. Yeah. Um, so one of the fun things we do here, just to try to you know get us uplifting here, is creator shout-outs. Um, this can be literally anyone out there in the potogram. Just it can be someone whose work you admire, someone who takes cool photos, a friend of yours who needs some shine, whatever. Um, so, Aiden, do you want to kick us off with both your creator shout out as well as where people can find you on social media? So, I'm going to be shouting out. I sound like I'm dying again. Um, I'm going to be shouting out my friend Ty. Um, they go on Instagram as Nor Sinister. Announcing that right. Um, but they do a lot of really cool cosplays in both genders. And I think that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that they are a very talented artist. And I feel like they have helped me become so much more educated about, you know, just the fluidity that is the gender spectrum. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I think that I owe them a lot of uh, who I am today and just, you know, what I've learned. Um, I am on Instagram at AidenJMUA, um, and I'm going to spell it out because there are 80 million different ways to spell my name, as my graduation made very clear. Um, it was <laughs> so it's uh, A I D A N J M U A, um, and then it's also just like that's my social media for that's my social media for Snapchat, um, and yeah, make sure to go and follow or add um, kind of blackout right now on social media just to respect the protests but i do a lot of potter and makeup content um and i love creating a welcoming community for everybody all right and you go get to work we love you thank you so much for uh contributing today thank you guys for being so flexible seriously i i know we didn't get everything done on the agenda but i would love to just do another episode with you guys Yep. Because seriously, it is, well, no, but the thing is, like, we're talking a lot more than we expected, but it's yeah. not bad. It's, I mean, 
I think we really delve into things today. I, I think it's like Bible study level, you know? Um, and I'm really Torah, proud. I think Torah study. Thank you very Tor, much. Torah study. Sorry. I, you know, Torah, uh, Quran, all of the, all of the religious texts, the Jedi texts. Um, but seriously, I, um, you know, Griselda, it was so nice talking to you on here. I hope that we get to meet your hair is so beautiful. I'm so jealous. Um, Zach, you know, I love you. You're great. Um, and Steven, I guess I can tolerate you, even though you're Hufflepuff. Um, but seriously, I, I feel like I, I think I, I definitely needed to, to discuss this with somebody. Um, and it helped a lot. So I really appreciate it. But I'm going to go head off to work. Um, but thank you guys so much. And I hope let's, let's figure it out. Um, yeah, Danny does all the hard work to make this podcast a reality. I'll get her on it and, and she'll rock it. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think, you know, I think, I think that we have some really good conversations and I think that there's definitely some stuff that I'd love to hear from you guys. Are you hearing that you want a sequel? I, I would, I would love it. I mean, we, we did a sequel. Well, not we, I, I, I mean, I'm a, Featured guest, returning guest. You're whatever you want to call yourself, Aiden. <laughs> I, a recurring character, <laughs> I guess. Um, no, um, but I know that the most recent episodes after before Russell and Katie, um, it was I am Black Harry, Dapper Minister, and Magical Athena. Um, and so that episode ended up just being a very good discussion episode. So they made it two parts. So I think we'll probably end up doing that to this one. Um, lobby. Griselda, do you want to give us um, your creator shout out? Shout outs, if you have multiple, that is totally acceptable, as well as where the people can find you on the gram. Absolutely. Um, first, I would like to shout out um, Denise. She goes by Slitherella on Instagram. That is my girl. Like, if, if we were at Hogwarts together, Snape would definitely kick us out. Like <laughs> she is such an amazing and beautiful soul and she's such a big advocate even before what was you know what's going on right now and you know the re uh vamp up push of um the black lives matter movement she has always been an advocate she has always been there um you know i've told her things that even, you know, people who see me every day don't know. She's an absolute beautiful soul. Her Slytherin aesthetic oh my is goodness. life. It's everything. It, it, oh I swear goodness. to you, I'm, print, I'm printing out some pictures. I'm putting them in my office that I call my Slytherin common room. Her content is amazing. She's a beautiful soul. She's sassy. I love her. Say her name again. Slitherella. Yeah, Denise, let me just say, because I know you're listening, because everyone in the world listens to this podcast. Um, oh, she's following me. I need to follow her. Your, your content is gorgeous. Absolutely. You decided, I'm not sure how long ago, but many, many photos ago that you were going to go with this like muted black and whites, really accentuate the green vibe, and you are nailing it. Yes, absolutely beautiful. That's, that's my baby girl. I love her so much. <laughs> Um, but I would also love to shout out um, the magical Latina and yeah, Daphne Karina, Minister. you're stealing Karina all my good shout outs. And, and Gerald, like those two beautiful freaking souls. I absolutely love their whole initiative mm -hmm. with the um, masterful, magical minorities. Um, but they are just genuinely 
beautiful people. Like, I just, I can't express it. Like, Joe, that's my brother. Like, I love him. And I've never met him. And, and Karina, like, she's like my spirit sister or something. Like, sometimes we just talk, at, it's 3 a.m. And <laughs> the conversation is nonsense. But I just, I love her. She's like, she's she's so amazing Gerald is like my hype man he's always the second I'm like hey I think I might do this he's like yes sis go off (laughs) they're just they're so amazing their whole initiative is beautiful if you haven't heard about uh masterful magical minorities I highly suggest you know now they have an Instagram page check out the hashtag there's so much amazing content that's being highlighted right now through that hashtag I absolutely cannot get enough of it yeah, the, the, I will say quickly on that note, the first time I met Karina within 24 hours of knowing her, and it wasn't just me, it was a group of like five or six of us, but she offered to cook me a whole chicken. Uh, <laughs> and if that doesn't say enough about a human, I don't know what does. Yes. <laughs> we, were, we were in this tiny little Airbnb in the middle of nowhere in Boston, like some little hole in the wall. There's like 10 of us crammed into this little place that should have slept like four. And she was like, she and Nick were like, yeah, like we'll cook like a whole, you know, chicken. Why not? <laughs> okay love her yeah she's great anywho I, I am sorry it's okay but if you want to um find me you can find me on instagram at alon z that's a-l-l-o-n-s-z-e which is a doctor who reference for anyone that does not know i'm also a whovian um, so I've kept this name. It's my gamer tag. So if you play Xbox, you know, definitely add me. We can play some Call of Duty. I'm always down to uh, yell and and win. So if you can't win, then maybe don't maybe don't add me. But yes. <laughs> so let me let me let me let me ask you a question because you mentioned this yes. earlier, and I'm not usually in the business of promoting other podcasts on my podcast. Um, that said. You are a lovely human being, and I really enjoyed getting to speak with you and just getting to know you virtually over over the gram for the past however many months. Uh, you mentioned that you are in the new st- infantile stages of a podcast of your own. Do you want to give that a plug? Yes. Um, so right now I'm working with um, a couple of guys who I actually met through um, Twitch and Xbox Live. So we've never met in person. But they call me sis. They're my brothers. They check on me more than, you know, some family members do. Um, But we have decided, well, actually, Nate was the one that came up with this um, to create a streaming podcast. So what we're doing is as we play Call of Duty and watch me horribly lose, um, we are also talking about real life things that are happening right now, especially within the black community Um, and just trying to kind of uplift each other. Sometimes we go like super, super super serious other times that the conversation is absolute nonsense and I have no idea why any of them are my friends but um, it's super experimental we've only done about three podcasts Um, but if you would like more information to that um, just go to my Instagram I will be posting on my story when uh, those podcasts will be happening which would be Wednesdays and Fridays but if you want a little bit more of a heads up just follow me on Instagram and you'll see those in my story and again, Danny does all the hard work here, but I'll make a note for her that when on Wednesdays and Fridays that we can try to help spread the word around too uh, awesome. through through the podcast page. So lovely. Um, Zach, how about you? I and Look, I know, again, I want to have both y'all back for a myriad of reasons, um, not least of which we didn't talk many things, Potter, like kind of a lot of the fun questions I have, like 
is Snape a hero or a villain? One word answers only. Oh, so uh, things like that. But we're going to save the ammo on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm curious who your creator shout outs on shout outs are for this episode. And if you want to spend a hot minute talking about your Instagram page. Um, everyone took all the good ones because I literally was going to say Karina's page too as well. <laughs> and the magical minorities. I've like talked to them multiple times because I am also part of a group uh, on the Disney side um, called Pixie Dusted with Pride. Um, so that is another Instagram out there um, full of beautiful creators all underneath the LGBT. Um, I, A, plus um, umbrella. And there's 30 of us, a gay a day, as I like to say. And everyone from multiple different backgrounds, multiple different colors. And it is such a beautiful small community that we've created. Um, RJ, his Instagram is, um, pulling it up now. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. The Adventurous RJ. He is a beautiful gay black man who is also an ordained minister who, when he talks to us, it is like we are going to a sermon um, and he brings us to church and he has brought such a positive light to the LGBT plus community with this project called Pixie Dusted with Pride. So I've actually talked to the masterful uh, minorities, the masterful magical minorities I said, you need to do something like this and you need to bring all together such a diverse community and do something like this. So what we're doing in the month of June with Pixie Dusted with Pride is each creator is connecting with a Disney character who is whether an ally, a possible gay character, (laughs) bisexual, non-binary. Like for example, one of the characters is Pleakley and we know him from Lilo and Stitch and Pleakley is kind of almost non-binary like he dresses in drag at some points but then also dresses in his officer suit so this beautiful uh instagrammer 13 years old is inspiring me a 30 year old man gay man um that he is has the courage to go and dress in non-gender type role. Um, He will wear different clothing items. And he did a Disney bound of Pleakley. And um, my character was the Mad Hatter. And I told my story, my coming out story, my understanding of me um, in the crazy mad way of the Mad Hatter. So on my personal Instagram, it's Walt's Apprentice, like Walt Disney. And my favorite Disney Mickey Mouse character is the Sorcerer Apprentice. That's why it's Waltz, with an S, Apprentice. Um, But another big page that I run is um, Gaze of Universal. Um, That was a hobby that I started about a year ago that I realized there is no representation for the LGBT plus community at Universal. Mm -hmm. And I walk around Universal, I'm like, there's a gay guy, there's a a lesbian. There's a lesbian with her kids, you know? And I was like, there's, and I looked, I researched, I was like, there's no representation for this community. Mm. And there's so many of us that enjoy Universal as well. So it started off something small and I've created like, I've gained so many friends from um, doing Gaze of Universal. 
that and and have grown such a big community, including Karina, even though she does not fall under that, she's definitely an ally of the gay yeah. community. And she um, has introduced me to so many other people too as well that um, I've really enjoyed that. And I've done meetups at the parks. I've done live Instagram uh, feeds with multiple different people from the community getting different views. Um, and we've had Wizarding Wednesdays uh, doing things. So yeah, um, those are some of my ones. So Pixie Dust with Pride. And there's just, I, you know, I can't even think of some of the big Instagrammers out there, but I love them all. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So Alana, I know you're listening to this episode. Um, for all of our listeners, we have an episode pre-recorded with Alana that hasn't dropped yet. It will at some point this summer. Um, Alana is my very good friend from college who now lives in the Orlando area. She is the uh, at Disney detail diva. Uh, Alana, go check out uh, Pixie Dust with Pride and Gaze Universal because I know you will love both of those accounts very, very much. Um, and Alana is also relatively new to the Florida area and always looking to grow her community. Um, oh, another one um, that I'm thinking of that's also part of Pixie Dust with Pride is I don't know if you've seen the merchandise shop, uh, Dapper Digs. Mm -hmm. um, they make Gaze of Universal shirts. But what I think is so cool, a lot of big name brands in the month of June will just have one clothing item or two or three clothing items. Mm -hmm. But because it is run by a gay man, um, when it comes to pride and all year round, they create a Disney and universal merchandise that focuses under the LGBT community. And currently right now, any of their line of um, merchandise for universal or Disney for the month of pride, 10% of their proceeds go to the Trevor project. Hmm. And they, they do it through the whole month and sometimes even more. Um, so I think that's just, they're also co-creators of the Pixie Dust of the Pride. And um, they have created some great merchandise that have made me poor. So, <laughs> Which leads into a great transition to one of the people I want to shout out for this episode, which is someone who has made me poor as well, uh, <laughs> who I shout out on this podcast at least once an episode, uh, Sydney Dean from Sid Sketched, uh, whom I love immensely. Her work is absolutely fantastic. We've had her on the pod. She is a lovely, lovely human uh, who is worth following and getting to know her work. Um, as I, as we talked about here before, she does a lot of uh, Harry Potter inspired art that portrays a lot of characters kind of outside of J.K. Rowling's heteronormative norms. Um, so she has a Black Hermione, she has a uh, a non-binary Tonks, uh, among others, and I know I'm gonna forget some. But most recently, Sydney uh, is producing a uh, Black Hermione print. All about it. Lovely artwork, lovely human, great cause. Couldn't be better. And just a re- Go ahead. What's the name again? Uh, Sid Sketched. S-Y-D-S-K-E-T-C-H-E-D. But then just to reinforce um, what Chriselda said earlier, I really want to shout out um, our friends over at Masterful Magical Minorities. Um, I don't personally know Ellie or Amana. I know Ellie and I have exchanged some DMs here and there, but you know, Karina, Gerald, and Trey are really the the three people there that I know pretty well and can't reinforce enough what you said, right? Gerald is one of the most thoughtful, caring, supportive people I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. Um 
never mind the fact that he dresses immaculately no matter what he's wearing but like just an incredible incredible human who everybody if you're ever looking for someone on instagram who you just want to read some kind of like uplifting thoughts and some messages of of unity and love and, and acceptance literally go to his profile and pick any photo doesn't matter the photo just click on it and read the caption and you will be blown away by his words karina who again made a damn chicken but um, <laughs> Korean is incredible for so many reasons that we will run out of time to list here but specifically I want to call out uh, what she's been doing on her YouTube over these past week week and a half which is giving people walkthroughs of Universal since reopening and showing people kind of what the parks look like and walking us through Diagon Alley and it's it's great if you've never been to the parks and you want to see what they look like if you've been to the parks and you miss it like I do or if you're someone who's curious about the state of reopening and what that looks like Certainly, there's a lot of people out there who are doing that. I don't mean to exclude y'all, but I love Karina, and so she's the one who I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out. And then Trey, poor goddamn Trey. So we're recording today on Sunday, the 14th, for the listeners out there, and he just had his Instagram hacked and taken down today. Yeah. Um, and I'm really hoping that by the time this drops on Thursday, he'll be back on either with his original account. I don't know how any of that works, but. I can't wait for him to be back because he is one of the funniest, most caring, just easy to talk to, lovely people I've I've ever gotten to know. I mean, his content is great because you can go to a lot of his older content where he has all the old videos of either him rapping or putting your little mini comedy skits. And those are just, you could spend hours watching those. Um his edits he's been doing recently are just top notch and a top of the damn line. Like it looks like something Warner brothers would release, except for the fact that of course there are black characters in that with Trey and we know that Warner brothers isn't too fond of doing that. Um, but yeah, he's just a, he's a great human. And I, I don't think anybody really deserves to have their, their work, their account taken down, but least of all Trey. So yeah, th- those are my shout outs for this episode. Woot woot. Of course, you can find me at Muggle and Khakis. It's episode like 20-something of this podcast. If you don't know that by now, what the hell have you been doing? Um, (laughs) But look, like Aiden and I both said, this certainly, hopefully, is not the end of the conversation. We want to have you all both back on in any capacity sometime soon. Um, But in the interim, I will say on behalf of Danny and Aiden, thank you all both so much for coming on and and speaking with us today. It It was really fun and uplifting and thoughtful and thought-provoking and and i i can't say thank you enough well thank you for having us yeah thanks for having us appreciate it i was really excited when i got reached out you know i was like yes (laughs) because i listen (laughs) love it and 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 look if 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 you are maybe slightly less excited than griselda was which we love and we're here for it um and you're a little (laughs) maybe shy or hesitant like hit us up. Like we certainly want to reach out to as many people as we can to get your stories on here. But realistically, we can't reach out to everybody yet. You know. Well, like I reached out to her cause I was like, okay, we need to have not just me and Aiden talking back and forth. We need a third perspective. And it might've also been because like I was looking at her Instagram that she was Slytherin and I'm like, <laughs> hey, um, this girl is making me question my sexuality. She's <laughs> good. She's looking on bleak. <laughs> and I was like, I'm liking these looks. And like, 
And I was like, she's got to have some good words. And today, like, you inspired me with a lot of the stuff that you're saying and giving me a different viewpoint and stuff that I definitely was so glad that I, I picked you. I'm like the sorting hat. I'm like, I did a good job. <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to take credit, but I have a Slytherin, so it happens. Look, I don't, as Danny knows well, I don't Doctor Who. Um, so I thought I was going to come on and hear a lovely French accent because um, Alonzi and all that didn't happen. So I don't really know what to say about that other than, <laughs> I guess, thanks anyway. Um, <laughs> no, look, the overwhelming uh, moral of the story here for anyone out there is we'd love the chat. Uh, you know, it can be about strictly Harry Potter stuff. It can be about anything going on in the world. It can be about Michael Gambon's god-awful acting choices. We don't care. <laughs> like, like if you if you have something you want to say, hit us up. We'll we'll get on. We'll record. We'll make it happen. But with that, that is uh, that's our episode. So thank you all both so very much. Hope you guys are continuing to stay safe and well. And uh, we'll talk soon. Right, can't wait. Thank you. All right, I usually end these in a completely abrupt, non sequitur way, so episode over. Yeah. <laughs>